no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> On the 40-yard switch, we had a special guest zooming in from uh, the other side of the world. And uh, yeah, so the first snippet of this week's episode will be that Zoom call uh, with her, uh, talking about the Women's Zeros group stage and looking ahead to the quarterfinals. Uh, and then you will be back with me and we'll be in the lounge room as we talk about some more transfers from the past week in the men's game. Hello, yes. Welcome back to the 40-yard switch uh, recording episode uh 57 potentially 58 and yes today we are joined by a very special guest uh from halfway around the world in england uh she is one quarter of the the women's football podcast the far post center mid center back extraordinaire for melbourne uni and vivian Miedemar stan she is angela christian wilkes thank you for joining us thank you for having me excited to be here you know yeah, good to have you on. Um, so you've been in um, uh, the UK for what almost two weeks now? Just over two weeks, yeah. Um, I got in, yeah, two and a half weeks. Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, we'll just sort of get into a few sort of bits about how you've been like traveling so far. So I guess uh, the first thing, just how's, how's it been, you know, all in all? Uh, it's it's been amazing. I think, yeah, it has been, it's been, I'm really, really happy that I've done this. Um, I mean, I was kind of arming and ahhing a lot because obviously the world's been very tumultuous recently. And then, you know, there's Miss Rona and then there was the conflict and there was all this stuff that was kind of making me put off making a decision. Um, but it's been something that I've really wanted to do since I went to the 2019 World Cup. And now that I'm here, I'm just like, I no regrets. Um, it's been time has ceased to exist though because people will be like, "Oh, what are you doing on Saturday?" And I'm like, "I I don't know what Saturday is anymore. I only know like the game days, and even then, I'm not even sure what game I'm heading to until I check my unhinged itinerary." So, um, yeah, it's been pretty full on. A lot of time spent on buses, which I don't mind necessarily. Yeah, you're you're Flix Bus's biggest customer right now. I am. I am. Um, I'm a very happy customer. I will say Flixbus, the drivers are a little bit unhinged, which I appreciate. <laughs> they're just like, and they're not, not necessarily grumpy. They've just got, they've got personality. Each one's a little bit different. Um, you just don't get that on the National Express. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it's just been, yeah, it's been very good. And I really enjoy just kind of meeting people and, and also like reconnecting with People already know. So I went to a game with Devin from the club, which is really fun. Um, and yeah, the, the downside is, yeah, my friend who is meant to be joining me on Monday. So I met her. I didn't meet her at 2019. I met her in the lead up to 2019. Um, and we became friends because of football. She was meant to be flying over from Holland on Monday and she tested positive. Oh, no. COVID that morning. So. What is it with the Dutch and COVID? Yep. And then she's we're, we're trying to work it out um to get her over here yeah actually it's it's been 
big L for all for all Dutch people in COVID at the moment. Um, but apart from that, no hiccups. Uh, actually, a lot of hiccups. But no <laughs> yeah, major. <laughs> I've lost so much stuff and had a lot of adventures that potentially put me in danger. But that's okay. That's part of it. So it's all yeah. part of the the Euro trip, you know. Mm-hmm. Too long, um, didn't read. Fantastic time. <laughs> really enjoying myself uh so like as you've been uh traversing up and down the country uh you've probably got to see a a fair bit of england but also probably like a a bit of a different england obviously with euro branding everywhere and everyone in the mood for you know international tournament stuff um so what's like Mm -hmm. the vibe been and do you think it's potentially like different from how england would normally be in the summer or is it like the same but it's just football on the vibe actually, so I feel it's it's been very positive. I think um, I've talked about this quite a lot with the gals at the Far Post, but when we went to France, there wasn't really an atmosphere, like there wasn't an atmosphere across the country. There were particular pockets where you could um, feel that there was a tournament going on a little bit more than other places and the games themselves, like, there were incredible moments and and kind of yeah atmospheres as well but in for example in Paris like it was kind of dead in terms of branding and that kind of thing but here it's been pretty consistent yeah so the atmosphere has been very good um the small but as like kind of expected the smaller places have had because there's less space to cover and you can kind of create those little like you can't escape it as much that they have been kind of a bit more um, on board, I think. But actually, to be honest, like the branding and the marketing has been amazing all around. I, I can't really fault it. Like I said, there was there's like Leah Williamson on Dorito packets at the yeah. moment. There's like these visa ads that you can't escape, which are actually kind of cruel now because they have Alexia Pateos in them. And I'm like, she's done an ACL. Can we like yeah. cut this one back or something? Um, and yeah, lots of pubs that are saying that they're showing the games. And it, I think the reach has just been really positive as well. Like, for example, I stayed with family in like Otley, which is just outside of Leeds. And, you know, Uncle John, who's an old Scottish guy, he says he likes the women's game, but it's not as crunchy as, like, the men's game, which is where he would like <laughs> it to be better. Um, that's his take. But he's been watching all the games, you know, so it's, it's, it's getting to places where it needs to, to go to, to grow the game. So yeah, it's, it's been good. Yeah. Um, what's been your highlight so far? Like a game or a moment or...? Mm. Uh, there's been a lot of highlights. I enjoyed being at the goal end for France, Italy. Oh yeah. Um, I got like, I got all of the goals. Was, yeah. That was, yeah, that was that's actually been game. something that's been quite impressive. The fact that you've been able to just have your phone out and record all those goals. Like I, 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 I've never had the, the foresight to do that. I don't, I, I do worry that it, it could be, like I might look back and be like, oh, you weren't really present because I, usually I'm kind of in the opposite direction and I don't take enough um, photos or videos and then, or I take like one of a pigeon and then it's like, well, that's, that's not very good. That's not a memory <laughs> that you necessarily want to have. Although, no, I don't, you guys don't know the legend of Blackfoot, but I will, I will tell you one day. Um, 
but aside from that I think no it's a bit I've, I've gotten better I think it could be a bit annoying for the people around me potentially but no one's complained and Devin Devin said that I wasn't on my phone a lot so I'm going to take her word for it and say that I'm just getting my timing good so it's it's been a work in progress I've gotten you, better you do have content to games. produce as well so I do I do I'm a an influencer a content creator I've got I've got KPIs to meet, so <laughs> that is part of it. And con- yeah, and Carrot's Corner to uh, have information for, I guess. Mm. Um, so last thing we'll do before we get on to the group stage recap is just um, what's been your uh, favourite stadium? Because you've been to quite a few now. And some, 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 not, some ones that are probably not so commonly seen in maybe like, like the general circuit, like it's not like Premier League stadiums. Not all mm, of them anyway. Yeah. Oh, I also forgot to say another highlight. Um, it was part two to that answer. Was um, yeah. Sweden Switzerland has probably been my favorite game. That was a good game to to watch and experience because both Sweden Sweden's fans are massive nuffs, and then Switzerland surprisingly they've been kind of they've been a real surprise for me in terms of um, their their supporter group. So that was amazing in the atmosphere was fantastic i was surrounded by yeah like 12 year old girls who were just like really getting into it one of the girls was she was, she was very cute she's like there was a tackle and she was like that's brexit and her friend was like what and she's like that, that's brexit it didn't elaborate and i was like i love that just i mean yeah not wrong. Queen. um but yeah sweden switzerland was a really good game um what was the question the question was stadiums oh yeah yeah I really like Bramall Lane, but they kept selling out of the vegan sausage like two times now. I've been there three times and they've twice they've sold out of vegan sausage rolls before the game, which ah. is just a bit heartbreaking for me, honestly. But that the stadium itself, its location, the um unlike where it is in relation to the city and the fan zone and all the kind of different pubs in the area, I think Bramall Lane was is probably is probably my number one. And I've really loved Sheffield as a city as well. So that's definitely come into it. Um, and then I guess Rotherham, no, maybe it's just that I've been to Rotherham a few times. Is Rotherham Stadium's nice. less of a hole than I said it was? Rotherham is a massive hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, to Rotherham. Absolutely I didn't realise I was talking to my Rotherham. Airbnb host. <laughs> my Airbnb host was like, uh, I was telling him that I, you know, walked off in the wrong direction in Rod's room and he's like it's rough there um you know people from Sheffield say that it's like in the in the past um they don't they don't like minorities um and yeah he was like nothing would have happened and I was like you're not convincing me with this glowing review of Rod's room but yeah Rod's room Maccas the vibes uh interesting yeah Rod's room is not that's that's the thing. Rotherham Stadium is really nice, but there's no there's no atmosphere to be sustained after the game because everyone's just going back to Sheffield. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the atmosphere at a train station or a tram stop after a game is not usually that exciting. So Sheffield, I think, ticks all the boxes. Yeah, well, I, I like that. We've we've always had a soft spot for Sheffield United. So absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. All right, now on to. Uh, the the nuts and bolts of it um so i guess just go through in firstly the group stage recap before we get on to the quarterfinals but i guess go through group to group 
Will, would you want to kick us off with Group A? <laughs> well, just in terms of... Just like who went through. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously obviously England went through um, and then Austria narrowly, well, not so narrowly, but beat Norway to the, to the second spot, which is a pretty, pretty big... I mean, Norway went out last year, right? At, at the group stage. Last year. L- last uh, year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously weren't expected to go out again. So Austria did a pretty good job there. Yeah. And I, I, I the, the article that you linked me, uh, Angelo, about um, will Norway recover from such a heavy defeat to England rang true, I guess. Because yeah, they weren't very good against Austria in that final game. And yeah, it's a somewhat of a shock, but then also potentially not that much of a shock considering their past experiences at major tournaments in the past few years. Yeah, it's Norway is a funny one because I think I've actually built up Norway to be better in my head because they embarrassed, well, Australia embarrassed ourselves at the 2019 World Cup, but <laughs> we we like to blame it on Norway, right? Because they knocked us out in the round of 16, but they're not... Yeah, it's, you know, in Flight of the Concords, where he's like, Lil Wayne, it's not very good. That's how I feel about Norway at the moment. It's <laughs> Norway, it's not very it, and But, yeah, it's been kind of a learning curve for me. I think it is, and, and Sophie, Law, yeah, Sophie Lawson's stuff on Norway is, is very thorough and very detailed and kind of goes into the nuts and bolts of why they're performing the way that they are. But I, I was just kind of surprised that the coach that they had was, was stayed on after 2017 because the Nor- Norway has had such a strong history in terms of supporting women's football and in terms of like its structural setup and governance. And so uh, there's obviously been the problems with Arta Hegerberg and maybe that's because they know that she like knows that they can do better. And that's why she took that time off away from the national team um, before things improved. But yeah, uh, not, not that much of a surprise, right? I'd, yeah. Now that I know what I know, but like that's not very helpful to be like I've read some stuff and now I can say that I'm correct. Like I was wrong before. I I thought that they were going to get through, to be honest. And yeah, it's it was it is a little bit of a shock, but good for Austria, right? Yeah, they've, they've played really well defensively. Emmanuel Sinsberger has been on fire, so good for them. Yeah, they good for them. And um, Northern Ireland, I, I, obviously, no one gave him a shout. I mean, I thought they represented themselves fairly well, though. Like, obviously, some heavy defeats, but never like went down without a fight. I feel. Yeah. First, first goal at a major tournament as well. True. Actually, that is a milestone. It was a big moment for them. Um, with regards to England, though, just briefly, we'll touch on them because because we want to. <laughs> Surely, I I would say probably everyone's odds-on favorite now to win the whole thing. Just like with the performances they're putting in, like I know there are other good teams in the tournament right now, but I don't know, just like after the initial nervy game against Austria to, to put 13 goals past the next two teams without conceding one. Yeah. I feel like even though Norway potentially aren't having like aren't in great form, I think putting eight goals past them and setting that record is pretty like yeah. a pretty big statement for the tournament. And um, yeah, but with Beth Mead leading the goals, yeah. Would, would you agree that like, even if we are a little biased, that <laughs> um, England would England, England have staked a claim? Yeah, no. Um, I think, uh, uh, yes, but I feel like they haven't had enough of like a substantial 
challenge yet, which I guess is a compliment in and of itself, the fact that none of the games in their group stage were a challenge for them, whereas, like, if you go back a couple of years, they may have been under different coaching staff. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't going to say it. Sorry, Phil, but Don't it's worry, we true. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Kerry, Kerry Shields, the, the coach for Northern Ireland, said something about Phil Neville being a great coach, and that tweet got ratioed massively like the quote tweets on it were not kind anyway um yeah so yeah I think England are favorites but I don't put it past them to shit the bed to be honest I I've just they're a little bit there's something in me that's like maybe it's because again they've they've let me down before I just can't put all my hope in them but I I think also like classic England regardless of what team they have that's true but also Germany have just like shown no signs of weakness so far I don't think like very similar to trajectories to getting like through to the quarterfinals so I think I really hope it's an England Germany final I think yeah I think they're on opposite sides of the draw so that could happen yeah yeah um that's what I hope will happen um but yeah yeah the England are definitely favourites. I, th- I don't think that could be debated, but I think Germany are a very close second. But just because it's the host country, they do have that edge as well. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Germany, let's now do Group B. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they obviously went through and Spain uh, minus Alexia Pateas and... Uh, Hermoso. And Hermoso uh, have gone through. Um, uh, I mean, probably to be expected before... Um, the tournament, although I'm, I'm pretty sure back when we made our predictions before the group stage with my little to no knowledge, I said something about Denmark going through, but that was very quickly quashed. <laughs> um, that was with the heart, I think. Yeah, that was that was just because I like their kit so much. Um, uh, but yeah, they did, fought, they did fight well. I thought Penilla Harder was really good. Um, but yeah, just obviously not quite the same. I, I th- I'm thinking you realise after their first game against Germany that they weren't probably good enough. Uh, and then, yeah, finally, my final thought uh, was I don't think Finland did a whole lot uh, after they scored that shock first goal against Spain. Some goal, though. Yeah, it was Some a good goal. goal. <laughs> but, yeah, not many waves were made by the fin- the Finns. I have not. I keep forgetting that they were here, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> They're the team I keep forgetting about. Sorry, Finland. But, yeah, kind of a non-memorable outing for them. Um, Denmark, I mean, I, I, when I listened to your preview pod, I was kind of like, mm, Denmark, really? But like, it's not a completely awful shout. They've had, you know, patches in the past where they've been really good, but I think it is definitely a case of you can't, it, Matilda's have a similar problem. We're like, give the ball to Sam Kerr and she will do magic. And it's like, it, it doesn't work like that at yeah. this level. Um, and Pinu Harder can only do so much by herself. Although I have seen some critiques of like that take i guess in that the the credit where credit is due there's some incredible other players on the the danish team but yeah they're just they are they're a bit floppy this tournament hey um yeah <laughs> but yeah um where do we like spain like i'd say convincingly ish went through even though it was one nil against Denmark, like a close game but considering they're missing two of their best players like still pretty impressive can all things considered would would we say no 
No, not a fan? I wanted them to do a lot better. I, I even had without high, potatoes. High hopes. Even without potatoes, like there's still there's still some really fantastic players on on the team, and they're kind of yeah. Just watching them play, they've played really good football, but they just haven't been able to to convert at the other end. And there's just yeah, they have been lacking. That's pretty standard take for it, but like they've been lacking that number nine to put a foot through it, which is usually Jenny Hermoso. Um, and I think she's really been, it's been noticeable, her absence. I, I was kind of gutted when I found out that she wasn't playing because she's one of my favourite players, um, especially in the Spain side. But, yeah, Spain, I, I don't know. I said on the far post, it's a bit crude, but, like, they've given me blue balls. I thought they were going to be very sexy and they <laughs> have not been. They've just been kind of, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think they can provide a bit of a challenge for England. They, they play quite different styles, it, or at least I think so. So it will be really intriguing to see how that plays out. And it will be, I think, England's first substantial um, challenge to the tournament. But I don't see. We'll get to predictions later. I'll, yeah. I'll I feel like, yeah, I feel like with, with Spain as well, they did push Germany, who, were like, who have, like, absolutely killed it. Like, um, maybe not push, but there was that, like, kind of dodgy opening goal yeah. and then they had their chances kind of in that game before Germany kind of put them to bed sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. but that but also, yeah, it's, it's that killer instinct. Like you say. Yeah. And also probably case in point from like the lack of the number nine with finishing ability that they scored all their four goals against Finland raw headers. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Um, okay, and moving also on. their defense. Oh yeah. Is, oh. Well, no, maybe not so much. It's just like the, the, they just, the same issue, they take too many touches and that led to that, that goal where Parnos basically paced it. Yeah, passed it to Germany. Yeah. Um, I think Germany tactically have been very dominant. Like they knew exactly what they were doing and they, you know, converted when they needed to. Very similar to Belgium. Um, I would say Belgium is like Germany light in a lot of ways from, yeah. from what I've seen of this tournament. Um, no, no, I would agree. I also think that um, I, did, I don't think I initially gave um, Pop enough credit she's been really really good yeah 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 you knew and did yeah. you know this is her first euros even though she's played like, i did hear the commentator say that yeah yeah which is uh so good for her i kind of like it would be really cute if she won sorry but hey. that would be a nice that would be a good narrative i think but england winning as well that would also be uh, that's, that's kind of an obvious one right anyway yeah. sorry no. <laughs> that's fine um, all right, next, Wuba, take it away for Group B. Um, group C, sorry. So I feel like this one was kind of in line with predictions at, at the start of the tournament. Um, it started pretty pretty interesting with some draws and then Sweden Netherlands were just too good for the other two in, in the end. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I, I think I said in last week's episode, like Sweden and Netherlands kind of cancel each other out cancel each other out in the first game and then you'd kind of see as the, as the group went on they'd both get better and score more goals obviously Vivian Miedemar getting COVID didn't help that prediction but I feel like Netherlands still kicked on fairly well others picked up the slack a little bit and yeah Sweden got better with pretty much every game uh, were you at all surprised by I guess how well Netherlands handled out handled without Miedemar or I guess um, that Sweden maybe took a little bit of a a little bit longer to get going than you would have thought. 
I was surprised by Sweden just because I know that they like this tournament has looked quite dissimilar to how they performed at the Olympics. The Olympics, they were really scary, to be honest. Um, and it just, not the same vibes. So that was interesting. Um, Netherlands, to be honest, have just been located. Um, sorry, there was a person walking past. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Netherlands. <laughs> Netherlands, I've been kind of disappointed in, I guess, I get the sense that the Mark Parsons, their new coach, is trying to play 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 a new system with them, and it doesn't seem to be working. What that system is, I could not tell you. I'm not that much of a football brain, but um, Netherlands, yeah, Netherlands. I don't think they've been playing well. I the and it is kind of that thing like Miedemar does make such a difference, and that was super noticeable. I think in that that final game against Switzerland, where Switzerland was like in it they were all over the Netherlands in the first half and really could have gotten a win there which would have thrown a massive spanner into work so to be honest both Sweden and Netherlands I have been kind of underwhelmed a little bit and bad news this just in the Roni is ripping through Sweden's squad at the moment so maybe the Netherlands are kind of yeah so the Netherlands are potentially going to be in a much better position because they've already had it ripped through the squad hopefully it's all done but for Sweden, they're coming into the quarterfinals and they've got key players out with COVID. So, yeah. Um, in terms of, but I was pleasantly surprised by how competitive this group ended up being. I did enjoy that. You know, it was like the group of all the, the draws. Um, but, yeah. And even with Miedemar, yeah, the Netherlands, like that first half against Sweden, she was dropping so deep that she was effectively not very useful at what she's good at doing, which is scoring goals and kind of drawing players with her as well. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for her to be back though. Um, of course, because I love her. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see Netherlands going through. But, oh, again, predictions too early. I'll keep shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. One thing I'd, like, I'd lastly say sort of to touch on uh, being impressed with how competitive this group was, which I also agree. Um Switzerland and Portugal, I've got down here. Very unlucky to only have a point to show for how well I thought they played. I thought that their play across the three games deserved more than a point. I think either of them could have won a number of those games. But, yeah, unlucky to not in the end. Yeah, 100%. Portugal finished on one point and negative six goal difference, and they just played, like, a lot, a lot better than that. Like, yeah, it's a very harsh way to finish the tournament. But uh, yeah, group group D. Group D. Um, this this one was pretty interesting. Obviously, France basically made a statement um, in the group stage and have lots of stars in their team who are like firing on all cylinders. Um, but Marie Antoinette Katoto is out for the rest of the tournament and potentially a while with a knee injury. <clears throat> so another big player out through a knee injury, and then obviously there was a bit of. Wait, it was it, it was a close finish this morning to the group, right? Yeah. With Belgium going through, yeah, very very close. Yeah, uh, obviously Iceland, um, like haven't didn't lose a game, but didn't go through, so a bit, a bit hard done by there. Um, but and also I thought France, after dominating early you know, against Italy, kind of petered out a little bit. Like they they they, they were they were decent in spells, but 
I thought they could have played better against the next two teams. But maybe I'm discrediting Belgium a little bit there. But especially in the last game against Iceland, I thought they... Uh, no, no, not against Iceland. France last okay, game against yeah, Iceland. Sorry, France last game against Iceland. I thought they, they could have been a lot better. And yeah. What about you? Did you how do you see that one? The, the whole group stage? Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a fair assessment. Like, yeah, they just kind of... <laughs> that's, that's great that's, oh we anyway. love it we love it we love it the sound i think brightened. that's a solid assessment of france to be honest um the first game that was that was so nice and i i hope that they play like that moving forward um grace Gioro has played such an integral role for them as well my standout player actually for france has been kachawi she Maybe that's just because I was, like, close to where she was playing. Like, I was seeing a lot of her on the left wings. But the kind of style that they were trying to implement, I think it was in that second game with against Belgium. Belgium just had a much more solid defence than Italy. Well, that's the thing. Italy's defence weren't bad. They just kind of just freaked out, I think. Um, and France were able to kind of just unpick them in that first half. And yeah. I will say, I, I think the turnaround from Italy in that game was, like, really admirable given you know we saw Norway not be able to do that against England and let in what was it like another three goals in the second half um but yeah uh, Italy I'm fucking I've cracked the shits with Italy and done with them I thought that they were going to be a dark horse and they haven't they haven't been a dark horse that game the game against um their final game against Belgium they could have absolutely like equalized they had so many opportunities they had an amazing crowd behind them um, and they just got, I think they just got a little bit inside their own heads um, there and shanked a lot of shots. A, a few different players um, fluffed it. So, yeah. yeah, Italy, that's a shame. But Belgium, yeah, credit where credit is due. I think Belgium's defence are solid and they've been able to play. They've been able to tactically win these games um and i think that's yeah that's exciting so i'm all in for belgium to be honest not just because i want to buy the jersey which i will yeah i, if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, I tried to find it this morning but it's not it seems like brighton either have bought all of the belgium jerseys which i doubt or they just haven't stocked any because there's no games here so um that makes sense but yes belgium i'm i'm fully i'm really behind belgium now i really like them Nice, nice, and yeah. Well, with a kid that with a kid like that, it's hard to see why. Hard to see, hard to see why not. So, um, so I guess that brings us to takeaways from the group stage. Uh, the first one being, uh, that's all. Uh, we don't have to agree, but uh, give what we thought was the game of the group stage, like the best game. Does it like obviously there there was there was incredibly one sided games. There was incredibly close games. Uh, I, I thought. There was two ones that stood out for me. Obviously, the England 8-0 just because of how significant it was. Um, and then the um, Netherlands-Switzerland game. I thought that was a great game to watch as well. Um, there are a couple of other really good games as well, like uh, Sweden's um, 5-0 and the France-Italy game. And, if you, and, and like the two games that Portugal came back from 2-0 down. But yeah, uh, probably one of the England or the Netherlands game, I'd probably just say the Netherlands game Netherlands um, Switzerland game just because it was so entertaining. 
back and forth. Fair shout. I reckon I reckon just seeing England win 8-0 in a major tournament and breaking that record is uh, is the highlight for me. Yeah, can't knock it. Uh, my actually okay, I just need to get my notes because I have a very bad memory. But the Sweden Switzerland game, I think was my mm, the second half was probably my favorite half of football, but I think in terms of just seeing how the game played out and how the dynamic shift shifted, um, the Netherlands-Switzerland game. Actually, it both features Switzerland. I'm, I really enjoyed Switzerland. And I'd also, I forgot to say, but shout out to Iceland. I think a lot of people had them penned as like the dark horse for the tournament. And it, it yeah, it's a real shame. I just don't, it seems unfair that they can't get through on like three draws and three yeah. really solid performances. They're kind of like the dark pony, maybe. Not the dark horse, but um, <laughs> yeah, Sweden, yeah, Sweden, Switzerland, both Switzerland games that I went to, which was surprising because I was kind of like not not that interested in Switzerland, but then yeah, they they really have picked my interest now. Uh, and in terms of thrashings, the, the the Norway one just felt awkward by the end. I was like, yeah, like even though I don't like them, I was just like, this I feel, and what one of the players, I think it was writing she was like my heart is like bleeding a little she says something like totally heartbreaking afterwards and I'm just like okay maybe maybe make it stop um but in terms of yeah France France Italy was the best thrashing I think in terms of yeah again how the game kind of played out and how it shifted um and yeah it wasn't it was nice to see them kind of get back in into it a little bit so that was three games so take your pick I didn't answer the question adequately (laughs) <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so, Stan, we, we were kind of did this a little bit in our first week of the Euros episode last week, but uh, now the group stage is, is complete. Uh, I guess we can have a, a better idea of standout players. Uh, I, I'm, like, maybe we can give like a top three, I was thinking. So, for me, uh, my top three is obviously Beth Mead. Um, uh, even though Pop's been good, I still like Cara Brule. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of players on the French team that have impressed, but I actually really like Diani. Diani's the standout for me. So yeah, I'd probably go Beth Mead. Um, who did I say? Wait, Carl Brule and uh, Diani. I'm not going to try and say her first name because it's impossible. Um, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to go next, Kara? Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I actually did have a think about this. Um, like I said, Kachawi, I think she's had very dynamic um, t- tournament. Uh, even though actually in saying that I haven't watched much of the Iceland-France game, so maybe she had a shocker there. Who knows? But I'm just going to say that anyway. Spitzer, um, so Sheridan Spitzer from the Netherlands, she was fantastic in that um, the, the Netherlands-Switzerland game I think because there's so many like big names at, in in the Dutch team like she sometimes gets overlooked but she's just like so consistent so solid her set pieces are great and she's just great on-field leader um and like defensively is really strong as well which I think is um 
kind of important because you, I mean, Vanderdonk will get stuck into it, but she'll also, she's a bit of a liability sometimes when she's defending. So, um, yeah, Sheridan Spitzer. And I think there's been some incredible goalkeepers, but but another Netherlands player, actually, Van Dolisar for stepping up in that um, first game when Van Veen and Dahl went out with injury. Um, she's she's a baby and she's just, I think she's done really well. Same for, I don't know, Belgium keepers there, the Belgium keepers name, so maybe I'll put that in. But yeah. Oh, I'm cheating again. Actually, Zinsberger, Manuel Zinsberger, because I think without her, Austria would not be in the quarterfinals. So I think she's going to stand out. So you go, no, Kashawi's not really an attacker. No attackers, actually. But um, yeah, so Kashawi, Spitzer, and Zinsberger. Very probably. But Mead has been fantastic. And she's been doing interviews with Amelia um, from Chicken Shop Date. And I think yep. that has made me like her more. Um, yeah, Amelia Dims is great. Very we're, funny. Big, we're big Amelia Dims fans over here. <laughs> oh, good, good. She's I love her so much. I want to be the Australian version of her, whatever that is. <laughs> I love it. Carrot cake date. <laughs> Um, make it a thing. Make it a thing. Yeah, just before we go into a bar, one one player I, I did forget to mention who I definitely deserves a shout out. Like you just mentioned, is Van Domsler. I thought the way she stepped up into that role uh, and has just been keeping out of her skin since um, the other keeper went uh, out injured. Uh, it's just been really impressive for someone like you said, very young. <laughs> yeah, also a good shout. Um, I hate to repeat what you said, but, <laughs> but I've, I've actually, I think I've enjoyed watching Diani the most at this tournament. Um, I reckon she's been my favorite. Um, Beth Mead has obviously been incredible, been incredible. And Gay Oro has been a powerhouse for France. So they're my top three. Two French players. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like, like it. Some guns. Um, yeah. Oh, also, so- fun fact. Sorry, before we move on. Um, so Woolert, who plays for Belgium, if she scores another goal, she's going to equal Lukaku's, um, is that how you say his name? Goal record for Belgium. So she she's coming close to like being the number one goal scorer overall for her country. As is, is Ellen White exciting. for England. Ah, there you go. She's one behind I Wayne Rooney. She, I hope it. Ah, what, how many? One. One behind Wayne Rooney, yeah. One. Oof. Okay, I hope they both do well in the quarterfinals. Good luck to us. So any final thoughts on the uh, group stage before we move on to the quarterfinals? Anything that you perhaps haven't mentioned that anyone wants to get off their chest? I reckon one interesting thing was the the missed penalty in the first, in in the Belgium-Iceland game in match day one. That ended up like deciding the final group, which is like interesting. And then that Belgium keeper saved another penalty against... Yeah, France, right? Yeah, yeah. that's that's my input. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like you like you mentioned the Belgian keeper before, Angela. Like, oh, can't remember her name, but very good. Um, I have a question for you two before we move on. Mm-hmm. Just from like, um, who would you want defending you in a fight? Which team? Going off your thoughts and vibes of the tournament. Wait, defending in a fight? Yeah, in a physical fight. Probably Sweden. Sweden. They're all like super tall and intimidating. I find. Fair enough. Wilbur, what about you? You haven't given this much thought. 
underprepared. <laughs> Can't believe this. Yeah, I, I really haven't given this much thought. I, 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 my first thought was Northern Ireland, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> yeah, I they showed it. a lot of fight this tournament, so yeah. I would. It would be interesting to get in like a verbal fight with Kerry Shields because I think he would just like derail it completely, so you don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> um, so you're like, what? What were we actually? How did this? And then you just walk away because I feel like the entire Northern Irish team would just diffuse the situation with their hilarious accent. I love the accent; <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> have, have you given this question much thought, Angela? She's on mute. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> I minimized myself. Uh, have I given it? Actually, I haven't actually thought about who would want defending me in a fight. Wow. Now it's turned back on me. I don't know who. Um, <laughs> well, the old Uno reverse card. <laughs> to be honest, actually, Italy. They're kind of, they give, they're, they're hot and mean. I feel like they, I actually saw one of the subs, like they were warming up and she shoved her own teammate. And I was like, what is going on here? It's, what is happening? So maybe Italy, but then, yeah. Kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they went out with, without, they went out of the tournament with, without much of a whimper. So. I don't know, but that's that. That's soccer, not uh, fighting. Italian, <laughs> Italians can be quite, you know, yeah, combative. So true, true, know. true. <laughs> well, I like we all pick different teams in that one. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bit of variety. Um. So yeah, with that, we can now uh, move on to the quarterfinals. Uh, we've already had a little bit of a talk about these as we went through the group stage, but let's kick it off with. Uh, England versus Spain at at the Amex Stadium in Brighton, where you, near where you are right now. Um, you're going to are you're going to that one tomorrow, I assume, or today? Wait, is that today or tomorrow? Today. Today, yeah. In- By the time this podcast goes out, this game will have happened. But nevertheless, let's uh, talk about it. <laughs> um, England probably favourites. I'd say so. Yeah, I think. That one's that one's pretty yeah 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 I feel like Spain like you did mention before Carrot that Spain Spain have definitely got it in them uh, if they can turn up which they haven't quite yet um, to trouble England but yeah missing two key players against a fully fit England team will be a challenge. Are England still without yeah. their still without their manager? Yeah, Serena Vigman not probably going to be well enough to be on the sidelines for this one, but. I trust her. I think, I don't know. She seems like the kind of coach who is able to communicate to her team what she wants done without having to communicate it during a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah she doesn't She's seem to be like cookie. barking orders from the touchline like some managers do all game. She kind of just sort of coolly sits there and watches it unfold. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, um, in- England are 100% favourites and they're definitely my prediction for who will go through, but I hope that Spain can. Actually, you know what? I want lots of goals. I want it to be as dramatic as possible because I wanted Spain to do well, but I do. I do think I want England to win. So if they can go out with a bang, that would be nice. Yeah. Talking. Okay. Um. Do Do we want to do score predictions as we go, or all at the end? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 don't apologize. I, I hadn't even thought of this yet. <laughs> Uh, what, what's the general consensus here? Let's do them as we go. Do them as we go? Okay. Um, so I'll kick it off. 
Um, I think this will be the first time England's defense gets breached. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go three one in ninety minutes. Am I going next? You don't have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kara, go take it away. Take it away. <laughs> uh, I want three two. I want. I I predict three two. I manifest three two. It's much of a muchness, really. Um, I'll go. I'll go four two. Way go fest. Hey, you can, uh, all England, three of those. Oh yeah, just in case, just in case <laughs> anyone wasn't sure. Uh, all right. Uh, so you heard it here first, even though this game will have already happened by the time you hear it. But uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Germany versus Austria next in London at Brentford Community Stadium. Um, somewhat, I've written somewhat of an international derby match. You know, a lot of history there. Germany versus Austria. <laughs> no, neighboring countries. Uh, maybe not footballing history. <laughs> Um, Great football analysis. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> a lot of history there, neighboring countries, similar language. Um, yeah, but uh, Germany heavy favorites. So, not sure how much of a, a derby match it will be on the pitch. Yeah, I think Austria kind of scraping through the group stage and Germany being very, very convincing in the group stage. So, it seems like Germany get through there. Mm. I agree. No, no more takes from me on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, so, who do... Oh, no, not who do we think again. Uh, scores, but also for this one, seeing as there's not much of a discussion around who's going to win or anything, and probably all going to say similar scores. How about when we all go through the scores for this one, we say who we think is going to score for Germany when they win. Um, so, I'll go first. I think Germany will win uh, 3-0. Um, I think uh, Pop and Brule to score. Shocker, I know. Um, and then someone else. I don't think I don't. I don't think either of them will get a brace, but someone else. And those two. Take it away, Carrot. Oh no! I had, I was getting my tablet up to be like, <laughs> what is the German? What is the name of a German national team player? <laughs> uh, I think it will be. Yeah, 2-0, two, two actually. Um, I would love to see a pop header. Um, I think that would be fun. Did you just say that, Jasper? I wasn't really paying attention. I Sorry. said pop would score. I didn't say with what part of her body. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think pop will score with her, her bonds, um, or at least I hope for that. And I think Magul, maybe to score as well. Um, I don't know. Any. It could be could be anyone else, but I don't think it would be like a pop brace. I think that they they like to diversify Germany, so which yeah. is probably why they're quite good actually. Come to the bit. share the load, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that it'll be closer. Uh huh. I reckon Austria will turn up, and they also only conceded one goal in the group stage. Austria, yeah, I'm pretty sure to England. <laughs> um, so one nil. And pop. Pop, okay. <laughs> nice. With, uh, their, with their right foot. With their right foot. God, you guys really uh, gone above and beyond. <laughs> um, uh, next, we have Sweden taking on Belgium in Manchester. Um, again, Sweden 
I would say heavy favourites, despite how well Belgium have played. Obviously, this, the defensive stoutness of Belgium has to be taken into account, but Sweden are also one of the best teams in the world for a reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see this as probably being closer than the first two uh, semifinals, but Sweden still running away with it in 90 minutes. Cool. Well, I was going <laughs> to see if you guys had anything to add. <laughs> I think, I, I think, like definitely, Sweden, Sweden are clear favourites for this one as well. I think it'd be very difficult, difficult for Belgium to to get a result. I disagree. I think Belgium um, are going to be a bit of a challenge, and I think they're going to win. Again, manifestation. I really hope they. I really hope they win. So here we here um, it is the first big upset pick of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't think Belgium can go all the way, but I think they could They could do something here. So, yeah. Do you see it as like a, a, a grind it out, take them to penalties type thing, like one all scoreless draw, or do you see it as like a Belgium free-flowing scoring quite a few goals on the counter or something? Uh, I see. Ooh. I think Belgium are going to play very conservatively. Um, so probably not that free flow. And I think it's going to, to be honest, the predicted, probably a very frustrating game, um, for Sweden. So, and I think Sweden will probably dominate possession. Um, but Belgium, will, I don't know. I don't know where the goals are going to come. Actually, no. Yeah. And then Belgium will get them on the counter. It'll be beautiful. I'll be wearing the black shirt. It, I can see it now. I can see it now. So yeah, that's, that's my prediction. <laughs> Okay, um, so score predictions then. I'm going to go 2-1. I think, yeah, Belgium are going to frustrate Sweden, but their quality will just about shine through. And I also think Belgium are going to score from a set piece. I'm going to say, I don't know, this is kind of counter to what I just said in the take, but um, I reckon Sweden Sweden on penalties just for... Just because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Penalties give me anxiety, so I don't want penalties. Uh, I think Sweden will score first and then Belgium will get two more. I don't know. So 2-1 to Belgium. From behind. I like it. I like it. That'll be wild if that happens. Um, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm going to say I think I'm wildly off base. This is, again, manifestation. I'm going to end up with egg on my face, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, that was set up England versus Sweden or England versus Belgium. If uh, that if carrot is correct, if carrot is correct. Uh, lastly, uh, we have in what I think will be potentially the closestly close, most closely fought game contested. Yeah. Anyway, um, game which is France versus Netherlands uh, in York. Um, never seen a game played at York, so that'll be interesting. Um, uh, yeah, so probably the most. Uh, I'm not going to try and say that again. <laughs> a very close game. <laughs> um, Miedema potentially being back puts a spanner in the works for uh, France, if so. But also she may not be at full capacity if, you know, long COVID and things. Because um, I think she's she's at day seven today, right? And this game is yeah, on. Yeah, it could have been today or yesterday. Yeah. And this game is on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. If she features and is even half of what she can produce, maybe off the bench, um, I see Netherlands probably edging it. But if she doesn't feature, I, I'm really not too sure about this one. 
It's definitely, I feel like it's definitely a hard one to predict because like you guys saying, France definitely petered off a bit and Katoto's out. But yeah, I mean, um, Ellen White, we saw her in the first game of the tournament struggling coming back from COVID. I don't know. It, it'll be close. Maybe penalties again. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah very dependent on how informed it is because I think definitely saw with, I, I do rate Berenstein, but it seems like she's the, you know, the second number nine in this squad. And she didn't, she's, I, I rate her as a super sub because she's got so much energy um, and can really startle defences. But like having her on for a substantial amount of time, she doesn't, she's not able to do much, I don't think. So uh, hopefully Viv can start and then they can bring Berenstein on second half or something like that. Uh, but I think France will get this just because France have a more solid defence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Netherlands defence has not been the most sturdy this tournament. So I think it will probably probably be France, even though my heart says that I want Netherlands to go through. The more I think about it, I think that I also, I think France potentially have more avenues to goal up front that have shown uh, more so far in the tournament. Like Netherlands on paper have players like Lika Martins, Daniela van der Donk, um, who in, the, in like historically have been very good goal threats. But I feel like ha- Lika Martins, especially in Viv's absence, hasn't stepped up to the level I thought she would. Um, whereas like we've mentioned before, Grace Gororo, Diani, um, I, what was the, the the French player that you love called again? Carrot, I forgot. Kashawi. Yeah, Kashawi. Um, Cascarino as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so oh, like again, Cascarino, she's so good. Yeah. So yeah, oh. yeah. France have a lot of threats. Mm. See, so, yeah, the more I think but about I it, the more I think like yeah, I, I, I think. I could have been. Sorry, sorry, I was just whinging. <laughs> oh yeah, and no, um, the more I, the more I think about it, the more I do think this if if viv's not in that like viv viv could be like a huge momentum swing but right now based on what we've seen from ellen white coming back from covid um you struggle to see how much impact viv may have as good as she is you know we're talking like second in the ballon d'or level talent but um i'm probably gonna go just for the simple fact that france have shown they have more firepower i guess um i'd probably say france edging it Maybe an extra time, like little little two one action, maybe. I'm I'm gonna stick with my with my penalties call. Uh, who's, who's winning? Because <laughs> I reckon it's gonna be very close. I, I reckon I reckon France will also win on penalties with um Renard redeeming herself the other day. Ah yeah, yeah. nice. We love a redemption arc. Yeah. <laughs> oh Wendy, 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 Wendy. Hey, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be two 0 France. I think they'll. In no extra time, um, I think Wendy will get a goal with her head. Hello? Again? Um, yeah, Wendy will <laughs> score with her head. Because um, she really wanted to do that um, the other day. And Jeez. it seems like it's not going to happen with her feet. So hopefully, yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I don't see uh, – I don't want France to go through. Like when I was whinging, I was saying I don't, I don't want their manager to have anything nice. Um <laughs> I want this France team to do well, but maybe like next year at the World Cup, they get a new manager and then it's, like, it's all happy days. Anyway. 
Um, no, no, love it. Um, okay, so that would that would make a England Sweden versus Germany France semifinals, which would be very interesting matchup. Unless carrots right, unless carrots right, and Belgium go through. Sorry. Um, all right. Well, that uh, that'll that'll be interesting. We'll have to wait and see if that unfolds, and we'll have to wait and see if these uh, predictions uh, come out. Um, the last thing I want to touch on with you, Carrot, before we let go, is uh, since you made your predictions before the tournament and now you've watched a whole group stage, uh, has your pick for player of the tournament or winner of the tournament changed? Yes. Uh, big ask, actually. Asking me to remember stuff that I said. Um, Pretty sure it was Lily. Lee Williamson was your player of the tournament pick. In a similar yeah. way to Megan Rapino winning the 2019 World Cup player of the tournament. Yeah, I think Beth Mead's going to be player of the tournament. Um, and I think Germany are going to win. So I've changed my mind. All right. Well, yes, that, that, will, that concludes our group stage recap and our look ahead to the quarterfinals. Uh, by the time this, like I've already said three times already, by the time this comes out, <laughs> the England Spain game will have already happened. But you can just see if we were all right. Um, thanks, Angela, for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Angela. Uh, in your many locations throughout the hostel. <laughs> Thank She's you really for your patience. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we were saying, you, 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 you so battled for us. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for having me on. It's been very fun. Um, I like dithering about women's football um, and pretending I know stuff. So... <laughs> Good luck and, uh, uh, be sure to check out uh, Carrot's Corner and as part of the, the, the Far Post podcast on ESPN. <laughs> the big time. Yes, do that. And we're back. It's like you know, the thing where you like click your fingers and you're like somewhere else and you come somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we zoom in, we've, we've zoomed back. Anyway. And we're on the couch. <laughs> on separate couches now because we're sitting on the same couch before. A little yeah. bit, a little, 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 little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> but um, that was a good chat with. Yeah, no, some 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 great takes from from Angela. Uh, good to have her on the show. Yeah, and uh, the 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 women's Euros is entering the business stage, so we can't wait for that as we head into the knockout rounds. But that's all been discussed already, so let's jump right in to the transfers that have happened in the last week. Kicking things right off with uh, Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> Save myself there. <laughs> Signing for Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously one that had been coming f- potentially for a little while, but um, yeah, st- still a bit of a shock, especially in the context of... Um, How the fuck did Barcelona have any money? Yeah, <laughs> and Nagelsmann coming out and saying... Um, Basically, how is this? How is this possible? Yeah, there's no saying. other club in the world who can buy players for that much while they're still in so much debt. But yeah, it's all very shifty, and I'm I'm sus. I'm mad sus on it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. I, I I think obviously obviously he'll do quite well, and they've they've really built a forward line that's looking quite decent. I think they won six one again in their first preseason game against Inter Miami this moment against morning. Romeo Beckham. Yeah, <laughs> stiff competition. <laughs> They're really putting him up, putting him up against the best. But yeah, it's a preseason game, and you expect Barcelona to beat into Miami six one. But yeah, yeah. 
And what they've got now, Dembele on one wing, Aubameyang or Depay on the other wing, and Lewandowski through the middle. Regardless of Lewandowski and Aubameyang's age, that's still yeah very good. Rafinha and Sufati. Oh yeah, Rafinha. Yeah. Forget about Aubameyang then. We've got Rafinha and Dembele with Lewandowski through the middle. Yeah. Yeah, the El Clasico might be a little bit more interesting this year. Yeah. Also, really keen to see the be- the matchup of probably two of the best strikers in world football next next season in the in La Liga. In would the- you Would you say that Real Madrid still have the better better team? I mean, you kind of have to. You know, they just won the Champions League. They just yeah. won La Liga. They did the double. Like, it'd, yeah, it'd be rude to say they're not. They've just bought two or many as well. I think. Yeah, they look very strong. Um, the next one is uh, also on Bayern. Spent some of the money they got from the Lewandowski deal on Matthias Delit. Oh yeah, from Juventus. You, uh, do you Eighty think million you, you euros. You said off lo- off air that they made Juventus made a loss on that. I'm pretty sure they bought him for like eighty five million euros. That's wild. Yeah. That you can buy, you can sell a player who's like twenty four. Yeah. For a loss. I, I'm not going to pretend like I've. Um, He's good. Though. Watched a heap of Syria, but. I suppose he's a centre back as well, but but I suppose what I was gonna say is that I haven't seen that he's played that well there, but I also haven't seen him play I mean, that much. He, like Juventus results wise haven't been that great in the past few years. Yeah, don't know how much of that's on him. Also, an aging Chiellini as well did probably. Like I'm not saying Chiellini was bad, but like it's a transitional period for the for the backline at least. But yeah, I think he's a good defender. Um, and I'm again against taking a step down to play in the German league. He'll be fine. Yeah. Um. And who have they got at centre-back? They've got Ufa Meccano, him, and doesn't matter who else they got those two. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's all they need. I, I, I know Serla went to Dortmund, but that Dortmund. might have happened a long time ago. No, it only happened a lot in this off-season. So. Okay. Yeah. True. Um, so, yeah. That's another good signing. Uh, next one, we haven't even reached the Premier League yet, but uh, Paolo Dybala has left Juve on a free transfer to go to Roma. This was surprising for me, and initially I thought this was, I was like, oh my God, wow, Roma and Mourinho making moves. And then Yannick, friend of the show, pointed out that apparently no one wanted him because he's very injury prone. And right, that's why okay. he's now signed for Roma, not a bigger team. Yeah, because I thought, like I saw that it was links with United and Juventus, given that his contract was coming to an end. But yeah, I suppose... I didn't know that he was super injured. Neither prone. did I, yeah. yeah. But uh, if he if he can stay fit, that's a steal for Roma, getting him on a free. Yeah, it's it's a great signing. Yeah. Um, obviously, proven proven in the Serie A, and yeah. Can't wait for the moment he scores against Juventus and goes, <laughs> did, I did the hand thing for those who can't see, where he puts his hand Do on his chin. Do you reckon he'll celebrate against Juventus? I don't really know a lot about his character, so I don't know, but yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. True, true. Um, the next one, should, should I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one that broke my heart after being linked to Everton um, is Alexander Zinchenko to Arsenal. The boys, <laughs> incredible signing. I don't, I don't know how much. How much was it? Thirty million plus two with add-ons. Okay, that's pounds. It's, yeah, it's 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 a great signing for, for a very reasonable price. We signed Jesus and Zinchenko for seventy five million pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's uncharacteristic. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> no, I'm over the moon. That's an amazing signing. Not only is it centre mid depth, it's also perfect left back cover. He's arguably better than the Kieran Tierney left back. 
Um, nah. No, you don't reckon? No, I don't think so. I mean, advanced... He's very good. Advanced, I, I, I'm not saying he is or he isn't. Advanced stats would say he is. But I'm not going to put my... I'm not going to call it either way. I think... There, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a like a um, Cancelo Walker kind of deal. They offer different things. Yeah, true, very true. Yeah, I just think Tierney on his day is just oh yeah, it's phenomenal, incredible. Yeah, um, I also think Tierney's a bit underrated because of how injury prone he's been. People don't seem to rate him on because he had that one meme slip against Liverpool. Everyone, that's all anyone brings up whenever they talk about him. It's like no, he's actually a very good defender. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, in terms of like yeah, I mean, we won't go into into all of this, but yeah, in in terms of like modern fullbacks, you know, they can be quite soft defensively. He offers everything going forward and is yeah probably one of the best defenders in the Premier League on his day as well. So yeah, yeah, uh, no, yeah, stoked with the Zinchenko signing. It's just versatility and depth, exactly what we need. Um, all I like, all I'd like us like to do now. I don't really like. Apparently, there's rumors we want to sign a winger. I don't really think we need to sign a winger. Um, I would like us to see us to just cap the window off with Tillemans, um, and that I'd be pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got so many wingers. Yeah, <laughs> get a centre mid. Yeah. Surely. Um, but yeah, super stoked with that. Uh, next on the card is uh, Jed Spence has been signed by Tottenham from Nottingham Forest. Uh, very dynamic right back, right wing back. Uh, seems like he would fit perfectly in Conte's system. Uh, played really well in Nottingham Forest's deep cup run where they beat Leicester and Arsenal uh, last season. Uh, yeah, look, exciting young player. Um, Shattered to see him go to Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, good... Like great move for him though, going straight from the Champions League in, into the champion. Uh, sorry, from the Championship into the Champions League. Yes, um, different champions. Um, uh, yeah, um, we we do have to also say that like we've pointed out this before. Like players don't always translate coming out of the Championship. You know, you got your Buendias and your Sessegnons and stuff. Um, but like you know, he's a good player. So, and if anyone can get the best out of a player who plays right wing back, it's Antonio Conte. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They're sort of the stars of yeah of that system. Or, or at least, I was also, yeah. and also just they needed to get someone there because Region isn't. Wait, is Region a left back or a right back? I don't ever remember. Left. I think left he's. Back. A, I, I think, think he's a left, left back. back yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, because like, Emerson Royal's a right back. Yeah. So Emerson Royal and Matt Doherty, in my opinion, both aren't good enough. So, no. um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think Emerson Royal can be useful, but yeah, he's he's not. I don't, th- I don't think you'd want him to be your first. He could choice. he could definitely grow into the role in his second year, but based off of what I've seen in the first season, which is all I have to go off, I don't think he's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just on Nottingham Forest, I, I don't have the details of the players, but they have made at least five signings. Um, I think since since selling. Uh, Oh, well, since being promoted, so I think they're making some decent moves, and I've also been linked with um, Jesse Lingard, which would be wild if West and Maxwell Ham, Corner. If 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 West Ham miss miss out on signing Jesse Lingard, and Jesse Lingard goes to Nottingham Forest, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I have no idea. That's yeah. that's. It just seems like I don't know why they haven't wrapped this up as soon as he like left United. Yeah, like it should have been like the day he left. It was West Ham's like here's a paper with a contract signer. Yeah, like you know what he offers you know what he can give to your club and even in the small brief moments he had for United last season he still shows he's a very good player yeah like 
Yeah. 100%. Very silly for me. And if Nottingham Forest somehow snapped him up, it would be unreal. Although if that did happen, that would potentially open the door for Maxwell Cornet to Everton. I'm not sure if you were saving that for a Wilby's Whispers or not. But No, no. That's, that's, <laughs> no, I, I just think... Um, I just think for Cornet, I think you surely you'd prefer to go to Everton than Nottingham Forest. Yeah. I mean, it's a bigger club. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's oh, a, it's a bigger club and there's there's scope to be the main man and try and slip into the, the hole that Richarlison's left. You know? Is there not scope to be the main man at Nottingham Forest? Yes, but at a bigger club, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. he could be the main man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Everton Football Club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah anyway. I mean, Nottingham Forest do have two European championships, but yeah, I agree, Everton's a bigger football club. Yeah, Everton's um, a much bigger football club. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Corne to Everton is a very exciting prospect. And I don't, like, the rumours have been like that Corne, uh, Forest bid seventeen point five million for Corne, which was rejected. Everton only bid a loan deal, which was obviously rejected because Burnley want cash. I, I, unless there's some sort of financial fair play um, shackles on uh, Everton's dealings, then I don't know why you wouldn't just pay what Burnley want for Corne because I don't think their asking price is that high. Um, and I mean, you saw what he could do on an absolutely diabolically terrible team. Yeah, like you could do a lot more for Everton. Yeah, we've just got sixty million euros for Richarlison. Spend yeah. some money to replace him properly. Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like Cornet is definitely, and you know, and and a player that's kind of from a lo- lower team, but you know, still got a lot to prove. I feel like in the past we've kind of gone for players who were kind of just rejects from big clubs and that's mm. definitely not the way to go and yeah. Yeah. I, I really I really want Cornet. I've also heard a rumour uh, well not a rumour I've heard uh, I was on uh, Everton Reddit and I saw that apparently um, 10 million at least of that Richarlison money is, has to be held in reserve in case you activate uh, Deli Alley's 20 game clause to pay the 40 million. I think I think Deli Alley will reach that I reckon I reckon Deli Alley's in, in Lampard's plans and yeah. seems to be so yeah that 10 million of that will go to that um, but yeah, um, I, yeah. So, just quickly on Everton, I think they've signed Tarkovsky, and they they need to sign Corne. I, I'd argue maybe potentially one other attacker and a centre mid, and that's a successful window for them. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We've we've got another sort of academy player that will probably join the first team this year in, in Warrington. But yeah, we definitely need proper backup for. Dom, because Rondon didn't show up. Maybe he will be better this season, but I don't think we can. He's thirty-three. You can't really. Yeah. We need someone for Richarlison and yeah, a centre mid and potentially even a right back. But yeah, if true. If the scope for that, and there's the 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 owners come out saying that there will be more signings. So hopefully that happens. Mm. The next one um, uh, is Lissandro Martinez. We touched on United were meeting with Ajax in Netherlands um, at the end of last episode now the deal's done mm-hmm. and also on the back of that Ajax have signed Calvin Bassey from Celtic or Rangers one of those two the Rangers I think rings a bell to me Rangers yeah as his replacement for 20 million so yeah what, what, what are your thoughts on um, my Martinez? thoughts are really good signing obviously I wanted him at Arsenal uh, but yeah he chose to go to the bigger club and the manager that he knows which is you can't fault him for that Um uh, I think there's a lot of talk around Lissandro Martinez that he's going to be playing centre back. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to be playing defensive midfielder. Um, 
Uh, they've made he's, uh, Ten Hag's made it pretty clear by keeping Maguire as captain that Maguire's going to play, and you're not not going to play Varane. Um, and sending a defensive midfield is the way more glaring hole for them. And at, at Ajax, while he did predominantly play at centre back, he played he's played minutes at left back and at centre defensive midfield. Um, and yeah, and like just with his with his uh, dribbling ability and his uh, passing range, it just makes the most logical sense for him to just sit in front of the back four and dictate play. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, just sorry, I almost said we. <laughs> United just really need that, you know, break up play sort of midfielder who can also d- dictate the play a little bit when they are in possession and. Yeah, seems like a great signing for that. So hopefully, and if hopefully they do get Frankie out. De Jong, and then they have Lissandro Marquez, Frankie, Frankie De Jong, and Bruno Fernandez as your midfield, all of a sudden that United team is looking scary. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. You, you, you kind of think that if you've got a better midfield in front of you know the like Harry Maguire, essentially, yeah, um, <laughs> he's he's going to have a better chance of um, of doing well. I also do think. Just on the law of averages, Maguire can't be that bad again this season. Yeah. He could be. Apparently, he got booed last night did. at the Melbourne first Victory game. First 15 minutes, he got booed, and then eventually they stopped, I think. That's what I heard. Like, what is... This is horrible. I, I, fake fans, honestly. It's horrible. That is it's the dumbest thing ever. You spent $150 <laughs> to come watch United play, and you boo your captain. That is absolutely... People ridiculous. were saying, oh, it's justified because it's like a protest that he should never have kept the captaincy. It's like, that's the worst logic I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. That's not what... That's not... You're not a fan of the club. No, you're, you're just You're just trying to act like... Anyway, yeah. that's, we'll, we'll finish. Um, but yeah, I think really astute signing. Uh, United have... Uh, uh, <laughs> United stay making astute signings so far this window. Because <laughs> uh, what's that? Malassia, Ericsson, Martinez... And if they do, and if they get to young, like that's all, that's like a near perfect window. Like if we're being, if I'm not being funny, but like, even if it's kicking and screaming, <laughs> yeah. But if it's kicking and screaming, but like if they get him and he, and he plays, even eighty percent of what he can offer, that's that's good. Like, if he, even even kicking and screaming, you bring him in, he's instantly the best midfielder in your team. Like, I, I, I Bruno Fernandez is good. He's better than Bruno Fernandez, in my opinion. Yeah, I also think that you know he's he doesn't strike me as the type of player who, if he ends up there, will throw a fit. Yeah, he's he not, seems he's, like he seems like a professional. Yeah. He's not going to go out and you know, yeah. He's not going to disrespect. He's not going to disrespect Ten Hag Ten Hag like that either. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Ten Hag has like known the kid since he was like in his teens. Like, there's no way that he's Ten Hag is going to take any shit from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, for me personally, you hate to see it. United making really smart decisions. United are playing well in the preseason. Uh, I know it's only the preseason, but you know, um, I, I, I I've been saying it. Second year Sancho, look out. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see it too, and I think, I mean, it's preseason, but we keep on saying that it's preseason. But yeah, it's um, Marcus Rashford looks fit and looks like he's playing well, and he said in an interview that he. Feels refreshed under a new manager, which they also all say. But I think I, we we I, did also say this. We also said Marcus Rashford is too good to not bounce back in in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and he's a legend. I I I, I hope that yeah. he does. I also I hope like I, I, don't, I don't want this to come off as me hating on Ronaldo. I just think situationally, I hope that Ronaldo is is, is not like the first name on the team sheet like he was last year. 
Like there is times when Ronaldo will be useful against certain teams, and there are times where you want to play with the fluid front three. And I hope Ten Hag is a smart enough guy to realize that, and he has the you know the, the chutzpah to be like, "You're on the bench today." Yeah, I think Ten Hag definitely will, and I think. Yeah, I, I just think there's so much riding on this for Ten Hag as well as as a manager and as in terms of whatever legacy that he wants to build that I think, yeah, he'll understand that and he won't be afraid to make that decision. Yeah, kind of I still thing. don't think you know are cracking top four this season, but I do think they're headed in the right direction. True, I think they'll, like, yeah, I don't I don't really know like it's it's going to be six really good teams this season. I think West Ham are going to not be as good I think the top the, the teams that finished top six last season with the original big six essentially yeah are gonna be a little bit of a gap to everyone else yeah but we'll see um, the last one I want to talk about uh, before we close off is um, Armando Broja uh, the Chelsea player who was on loan to Southampton last season is being rumoured to be uh a West Ham rumored to have bid thirty million pounds for him. Um, I think he's a good. I think it would be a good signing. Is he a striker? Yeah, he's a striker. Big yeah. sort of big body physical striker. Yeah. Uh, I, while I think it's a good signing, I also feel like Jesse Lingard's a bigger priority for them. Hmm. They need they need a player like Jesse Lingard more than they need a striker because Michael Antonio. Only reason Michael Antonio slowed down towards the end of last season was because he got burnt out. So you could argue they need Bro to like make it so he doesn't burn out, but. I don't know. I feel like Jesse Lingard's a more important player. Like the way he transformed that West Ham team when he signed for the mid-season two yeah. seasons ago was just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, I, ideally they they should try and get both. Yeah, because um, they they've got Europa League again this season, don't conference they? Conference League. They got Conference League. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they, they need the depth, like like you say. Um, Bro Broya would be a great signing, um, and obviously Lingard would be great too. Yeah. So, there's two this week. So, uh-huh. one is a correction on a previous <laughs> Wilby's Whispers episode where I falsely reported that <laughs> Hugo Akitike had signed for Newcastle. He's now signed for PSG. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible scenes. Um, honestly... Like a te- it's like a telenovela. <laughs> <I don't> what? <laughs> I don't think we know that much about this player, obviously. But um, heard he's real fast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, Se- seems like a decent signing. Um, yeah, not too much more on that one. <laughs> uh, the the other bigger one is that supposedly um, Cesar Espilicueta is going to Barcelona. How? <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I don't understand. It's pretty wild. Yeah, Barcelona and Chelsea in direct contact with a new round of talks now scheduled to discuss Cesar as Piliqueta. Like, good signing for Barcelona, but like, I just... Apparently it's a two-year deal and the transfer fee is only around 5 million euros. But Chelsea's not prepared to offer him a two-year deal. I don't know. Maybe, That's maybe mental. Maybe he wants to go to Spain. Yeah, true. But if Chelsea didn't offer him a two-year deal, that is terrible yeah <laughs> um i mean yeah look i'm on one hand i'm sick of it robbie that they can keep buying all these players <laughs> on the other hand another piece of astute business like if you take the 
fuckedness of the situation out of how they're able to buy all these players with so much debt and you just look at the signings they're making what is Kessie uh, uh, Christensen Christensen uh, uh, sorry uh, Lewandowski um, Rafinha now Azpilicueta Dembele new contract Dembele new contract like it's good business yeah, really yeah. good business yeah what's that that's five new players five and a half signings I guess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's very impressive anyway, yeah that's uh, that's the whispers for this that's week that's the whispers and that will uh, call an end to the episode this is probably by the time we've edited together all the clips an absolutely mammoth episode but um, we hope you enjoyed uh, we, hope, we hope you guys are enjoying the women's Euros we hope you guys are enjoying the men's off season um and yeah if you've liked what you heard uh chuck us a follow on spotify uh the 40 yard switch and uh if you want to keep up to date with what we when we post and what we post follow us on the instagram which is 40 yard pod. i've been woodson he's been will be and we'll see you next week <laughs>